Coming to you from the San Jose Mercury News, the Mayory News Group, it's the TK Show. Now here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, uh, on a special Thursday edition because we have a special guest. Uh, absolutely my pleasure to introduce someone that I've been wanting to have on the show for a long time. Anybody would want on their show. Uh, it's the Yahoo writer, editor of The Vertical, the new NBA site launching on Yahoo, Adrian Wojnarski. Uh, Woj, great to have you on the show. I know you're busy. you got a lot of things going on here, uh, and we'll get to all the new things that are, that are going yeah. on at Yahoo. But first, got to hit you with some of the news topics because sure. nobody's more connected. Nobody knows more uh, what's going on in the league right now. And the Blake Griffin thing with the Clippers, uh, the most recent thing, just – Woj, from from what you know around the league, what's the sense of this around the Clippers, and what's this, what's the sense of Blake Griffin after breaks a bone in his hand after punching an assist, uh, assistant equipment manager who's a friend of his? Where's this going to go? Tim, it's, first of all, thanks for having me oh, on. It's uh, it's great to be with you, and, and you know this is just for this organization, which is it's been a continual, you know, you know, two steps forward one back and, and it's just a group that has their leadership of that team whether it's their issues with each other chris paul blake griffin deandre jordan um whether how they you know whether it was you know shots the ball mm-hmm. whose quote-unquote team it was attention listen blake griffin struggled with chris paul's arrival he was the guy in la and then all of a sudden um you know there, you know, tension has existed between them. DeAndre Jordan has wanted a bigger role offensively, and that was a big part of um, why he almost walked out the door. But it's always about something other than winning. And for this to happen, for Blake Griffin, whatever his reasoning, whatever set him off, and, and he's known to be an emotional guy at, at times. A, 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 you know, there have been a lot of spats of immaturity. He's at the point in his career, like he's not a kid. And he's done everything, you know, he's, you know, he's made a lot of money. It seems like no one has more endorsements. No one's on, you see, no one is uh, with, with as much exposure as he gets. Uh, you know, he's been uh, an elite player in the league, but, but he hasn't won. And, and that, all that group, they haven't won. And the fact that <clears throat> he would allow himself to, to do this to his team in a time when he, was, he had been out for a few weeks, coming back from a quad injury, about to get back in the lineup, and now to go out for another month plus, it's beyond inexcusable. And I think for the Clippers, the sense I get around there in that organization right now is there's a moment of truth coming uh, in this postseason. And if this team does not make a run, and we can debate what that is, does that mean they have to beat the Warriors or they have to beat the Spurs? <clears throat> Certainly they're going to have to be one of those teams to feel like they took a step this season. Um, beating both certainly would be a tall order in the playoffs, but <clears throat> I'm not sure they can go out in the second round again. And uh, if they do, I think they're going to be an organization that's going to look long and hard about, do we keep this thing together? Now, it's easier said than done to talk about trading a Blake Griffin mm-hmm. or to do a deal of that magnitude. You've got to feel like you're, you're going to get something back that makes sense and um, is going to make you better. But there's no question. This is the ultimate win-now team in the league. They are, they have to. And I think there's a lot of pressure from top to bottom in that organization. I talked to J.J. Redick about it the other day on my mm-hmm. podcast. And, you know, he says, you feel it. You feel it around that organization. We are a win-now team. 
our window is is now and may not go much longer. Uh, but um, you know, for the Clippers, it it speaks to listen. It raises every possible question you can about what Blake Griffin's all about, about how important this is to him because you, you just can't let that happen. Well, let's just skip over to another obviously huge high-profile situation in Cleveland. Uh, obviously, you've written some monumental pieces on LeBron and his control of that franchise and it, it, the decisions that go into this and then the firing of David Blatt. Well, I, my question is the same that I had for you on Blake Griffin in, in, in L.A. What's next for LeBron here? I mean, is there a chance he looks like he's got the opt-out, he can go again? Can, can, is he going to look at free agency this summer? Tim, he can't leave. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't leave. And to me, whether he's on a one-year deal there or a four-year deal, I, I sort of reject the idea. I reject the premise that he, the threat of him leaving forces them to do things. Uh, he cannot leave. Mm-hmm. He cannot. If he were to do that again, you, you talk about <laughs> he, would, he would never recover yep. from that. And, you know, wherever he'd go, um, I, I just – Listen, I think the reason he's done the one-year deal is more economic, you know, um, his ability to re-sign with the cap going up. And it's just more, it is not, listen, he can threaten it, mm-hmm. and his representatives can threaten it. Um, if I'm the Cavaliers, I call that bluff every day of the week because um, it is, uh, to me, it is not in the realm of possibility <laughs> that he could have the stones to walk away again. It just, it can't happen. And and if he did, um you know, if you thought the last time was bad, this would be, you know. So I, I, I just don't think that's – now, that doesn't mean with or without that looming threat, whether you're under contract for multiple years or you're on a one-year deal, it doesn't change the fact that he still is going to have tremendous influence there. Um, nothing can happen there, really. He's got to buy into what's happening there. He can, he can control so much of um, – you, you saw him do it with Vlad. He can control the mood and the – the buy-in of everything, and so it's got to go through him anyway, whether he's got a long-term or a short-term deal. Uh, but um, yeah, the idea that that he might walk is 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 not believable to me. So I, I guess if that's the case, or if you know, if Cleveland the Cavaliers can buy that, what does David Griffin, the GM, and Dan Gilbert, the owner, do they? I mean, we know that LeBron was huge in getting. Kevin Love there, and he has been huge in re-signing Tristan Thompson for the number that he got. Does LeBron have remained with that amount of influence? Is there some sense there that they can't just do everything that LeBron wants them to do? Well, listen, that was part of the deal of him coming back there. Mm-hmm. I think that was really a part, a big part of the lure for him was to have the autonomy and control that uh, he and, and, and the group around him want to have, and you can't have that in Miami. And he went to Miami um, and what part of what um, lured him there, part of the appeal for him was at a time in his career and life where he saw the structure and certainly the veteran talent, but, but Pat Riley is a figure um, that Pat Riley could help him win championships. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think at that time, too, he was a kid who grew up, <clears throat> obviously, in Ohio and didn't go to college. And it was almost like he was going away for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he, he lasted four years and, and went back. It was almost like he went away to college and, and it came back home in a lot of ways. But the things that he wanted and really allowed him to reach his pinnacle as a player, really become a far more complete player, a better leader um, under Eric Spolstra, 
uh, I, I think he started to resist again in the fourth year. That there's just it's Pat Riley's organization and Mickey Harrison, their their owner. That they're not giving it over to people, and there's a structure in a way. Um, you're not run, You're not going to run roughshod over decision making or uh, 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 you know whatever. And so, but in Cleveland, he has that again, and and so that appealed to him. But <clears throat> listen, Dan Gilbert, say whatever you want about Dan Gilbert. He's not. He spends money. You know, they're 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 in. You know, the, their luxury tax is through the roof. Yep. <clears throat> There's no question. Tristan Thompson, the fact that he's represented by uh, LeBron's group, you know, Clutch Sports and Rich Paul, uh, the fact that he got eighty million dollars was because, like, you were paying a LeBron tax. It was his guy. Yep. He was going to get paid, and they did pay him. Um, so, I don't know how much more they can do for him. And I, listen, I, <clears throat> I, I think. Maybe sometime in the future they listen to some deals about Kevin Love. I don't think it's this year. Hmm. I don't think they can make wholesale changes this year and try to win a championship. I think they've got to play it through with this group, see how Ty Lue, um, you know, if he can impact some, I want to say impact change, they're playing pretty well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just think for them, you know, they may do some deals around the edges. Timothy Mozgov, they talked about deals with him and, the Cavs have been looking for kind of an athletic wing defender. Uh, I, I think they may do some deals around the edges. I don't see them doing an overhaul uh, this year. Uh, but um, at some point now, LeBron's got to go out and play at a high level every night. And, and and you know, with that group, they have enough to win there. I mean, mm-hmm. they have enough to win. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be even more incumbent on LeBron to deliver now uh, with the fact that, uh, you know, David Blatt's out of there. You mentioned, uh, have you written about Mark Jackson's interest in that job and LeBron's interest in Mark Jackson, who, who happened to assign with LeBron's agency not too long ago, uh, and, and you were all over the Mark Jackson situation with the Warriors. How, how involved did Mark Jackson get w- with trying to get that job? Well, you know, he um, he wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe they interviewed him before David Black got the job, okay. and I think it was more of a courtesy to Rich but he wasn't getting that job. They they, they made a, a decision as an organization. He was just not going to be a candidate there. Now, <clears throat> you know, you could say, hey, they don't give, and, and that also speaks to, they don't, they don't give LeBron everything he wants. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to go there, uh, but, you know, Ty Lue was something of a, you know, Ty Lue was something of a um, uh, compromise, ultimately. Uh, and, uh, you know, LeBron has developed a good relationship with him as have other guys on the team, but but Mark Jackson, uh, listen, it was clearly his intent when he signed with Rich Paul. Now, Mark Jackson's been through several, he's been through yep. multiple coaching agents yep. uh, in his coaching before he got his first job with Golden State and then after he switched agents again. So uh, he had moved around. I, I'm not sure Rich Paul had any other coaching clients uh, or, or of significance of guys who had been head coaches in the league. Uh, so. Uh, it wasn't like he was known for that. It was clear what the agenda was. It didn't work. He's not getting the job. And, uh, um, you know, and obviously, you know, you've not seen a great stampede of other organizations to, to want to hire uh, Mark Jackson. And I was going to say, I mean, well, Mark, you know, he he, take, he took a shot at you basically on, on national TV, and that's all whatever. Is Mark Jackson going to work again in this league? <clears throat> You know, I never say never in this league. You know, his record, uh, on paper, his record looks very good. And 
sometimes distance from the issues and the controversy behind the scenes, I, I would never say he won't. Um, I think it's not going to be easy, but it just takes one. You know, there's a lot of turnover. Um, sometimes being on television helps a guy. Everybody sounds pretty smart on, mm-hmm. on TV, and um, it, it helps guys sort of owners listen and say, hey, do you like, or, you know, so <clears throat> I think it's difficult. I think he's finding that the residue of a lot that went on that you're, you're very well aware of and you reported on, Tim, um, of what went on in Golden State uh, has not made it, you know, has made it very difficult. He's had some interviews, um, but um, I think it's an uphill climb. I, I would never say never, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll skip over to another one. Uh, Kevin Durant obviously will be a free agent this summer, the free agent this summer. What do you think is the likeliest scenario there? And, and I know the Warriors <laughs> want to be the front of that line. Do you think there's yep. a serious shot that the Warriors could find a way to get Kevin Durant signed up and or you know signed and traded or however this might work out? Yeah, I think if, if he decides to leave Oklahoma City, the Warriors are very much in that mix. Mm-hmm. The one thing Kevin Durant, if he does decide to leave, is, and, and I've been told this, he's got to he's going to make a decision about a place where he feels he can win right away. Hmm. And you look around the landscape, he, at his point, this point in his career, if he, if he decides to leave, he can't go to a place um, where they're two or three years away and he's got to wait for players to develop and build. He, he needs to go to a win now situation. And, and obviously golden state, it would be the ultimate in that. Uh, but listen, I think, with free agents, sometimes there's usually two things going on. There are guys who are looking for reasons to leave, and there are guys who are looking for reasons to stay. And I really believe he's a guy who's looking for reasons to stay. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot with this one is going to depend on how this team finishes, how he feels about how close they are to a championship. If all of a sudden they pop it and get into the finals or play an epic seven-game, six-game tough series of Golden State, in a conference final and feel like, hey, we're on the cusp of maybe we can break through, I think that would impact it. But there's no question it's hanging in the balance. And, uh, you know, I think the one thing about these free agents, free agency several months out, Tim, is there's a roller coaster guys ride. And when you report on it, and I learned, I learned the hard way with guys like Dwight Howard, mm. and, <laughs> you know, it's like any of us. Like you have a big decision to make mm-hmm. and you go back and forth, back and forth. And players are no different. And so, you know, there'll be a week where it's like, you know, early on you hear one thing, and then and then he's telling guys another thing. But you know what? It, it'll, it's just you can't ride that roller coaster. Like what, what I've always learned is how a guy feels in December, January, February, and then how he feels in April, it may be very different than how he feels at the end of June yeah. or in the play, end of the playoffs, July free agency, that it just changes so you – you just know a guy is going to go back and forth on this. But but I do think how they finish and his sense of where they are as an organization and, and, and whether he wants to go forward with, with the partnership with Russell Westbrook and all those things. Um, but uh, if he does leave, there's no question the Warriors are going to be a factor in this. Yeah, you think top-line players want to play with Steph Curry? Would that be a, a real pull for them? They, they do. Mm-hmm. They do. There's no question. Uh, he is uh, he, he's a magnet. And... Uh, and, you know, the guy that I think will be big in any free agent recruitment is, is Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. He, he's like the, the tough love recruiter. <laughs> and I think he'll be employed in that. Uh, I can hear that. I know, can see uh, that for sure. 
yeah, like mm-hmm. he's going to walk in the meeting and grab a guy by his shirt and say, like, do you want to come or you don't want to come? Yep. Like, and, and it might work, you know? And so, um, but I think the selflessness of that group, these guys are not afraid to bring in a big time free agent. I know that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a situation where guys are saying, hey, that's going to cramp my style or it's, I, I will, maybe I won't be an all star if he comes in. I don't, I don't get that sense. I see that group as saying, if there's a chance to go get a big time guy, um, like they're all in, and that speaks to the character of that team and, and what they built there. So uh, I think Steph Curry is a tremendous strong card in free agency, maybe as good as there is in the league right now. Really quickly, do you hear any sense around the league that Steph Curry is in play in two years, or do you think everyone just assumes he's going to stay with the Warriors? Yeah, I think everybody does assume that. Mm-hmm. I think there's always this fleeting hope in Charlotte that somehow Steph's going to want to come home. Um, that would be the only scenario, and I don't think that's not real. Mm-hmm. I think like if you look at one scenario that somehow could gain a little bit of traction, it would be that, but it's not going to. Like mm-hmm. he's got, you know, what he has there. You know better than I, Timmy. Mm-hmm. What he has there is unique with that group and that organization. And there's such a um, a connection between all of them. He's winning MVPs. He's got a chance to win multiple championships. I I think he'll just sign. You know, whatever the number is going to be with a new CA, new CBA, five years, eight hundred million, whatever, whatever it's going to be. When the, you know, <laughs> thirty million, up, thirty you know? million a year at least. I think it's going to yeah, be at least yeah, something. Absolutely, like that. and and so uh, yeah, I I think that you know, if there's any organization, the one thing about him is like he's a loyal guy. I remember mm-hmm. when Tim Duncan was um, a free agent, and I think it was Jerry West said at the time, like I knew he wasn't going to leave San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Like, look at this guy. He went. He went to Wake Forest and stayed four years. Mm-hmm. He's loyal. And then the Spurs in the end, he couldn't leave. You look at Steph Curry and how he, you know, how he feels about Davidson, how mm-hmm. he feels about Bob McKillop. Yeah. How, like that's not a guy who just picks up and it chases something else. He's at peace. I don't think, as you know, that's not a guy searching for something yeah. better. He knows what he has. And and uh, uh, you know, the, the piece I did earlier this year on him, I went up and spoke to him about his contract. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's so remarkable. I, I guess we take it for granted, but on any other team, the fact that he's the, he's the fifth highest paid guy, yeah, or maybe fourth, fourth, or, yeah, fourth guy. or fifth, fourth or fifth, would, yeah, would have, would have been fifth, I think, if yeah. uh, David Lee had stayed. Harrison yeah. Barnes had yeah, signed yeah, okay. his deal, and, and a lot of it is just part of it was we, we all know the reasons why he makes what he makes. Mm. But you know what? That might tear another locker room apart because mm. even though a guy knows the reasons he signed with the injury, the ankle injuries he had then, and the reasons he signed the lower deal, and the cap's gone up, and other guys have gone in front of him it would still be a thing a guy would bring up or another guy might bring up and, and out of, and, and to a person in that organization, front office, coaching staff, teammates, there was no one who's ever said, like they'd never heard him even bring it up. Like yep. even in jest and, and it speaks to um, who he is. And so it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. Hey, let's, I, I definitely want to m- mention the things you're doing at the vertical, uh, big launch coming up. Let's exp- let, tell us what's going on there. I know you've, Already launched the podcast, and geez, a few guests like the commissioner and Bob Myers, and as you mentioned, JJ Reddick. Uh, what's going on there in the next few days that, that that that's new at the vertical? Uh, I'm excited about it, Tim. Uh, really fortunate, but uh, we put a great group together. Mm-hmm. The, the vertical is going to be, and we launch Friday. We launch tomorrow. Okay. You know, we want to be, and what our mandate every day will be is to be the hub of news, information, and storytelling, and, and it's going to come in a lot of different ways. You know, certainly breaking news will be remain very important to us. It's, it's going to be a, a backbone, a spine of what we do. But but having 
um, a group um, that really complements each other. A lot of people uh, from Chris Mannix, uh, Michael Lee from the Washington mm-hmm. Post, um, Bobby Marks, who was a front office executive sure. for 20 years with the Nets, uh, will you know will bring tremendous value of analyzing deals, explaining the cap. You know, if the Warriors and you know Suns make a trade, and you know immediately you're going to get a breakdown from Bobby about why the Warriors did this, why the Suns did it, what are the salary cap implications, what um, free agent primers um, or, or uh, trade deadline primers on every all 30 teams coming um, uh, as we launch out here. And, uh, you know, bringing in Nick DePaula, who's one of the, really the preeminent sneaker guru mm. um, with nice kicks, you know, that's going to be a great element for us. And, and that's, uh, you know, really combining the, the sneaker culture and the business of the sneaker industry um, into our site. It, it's a huge part of the NBA. It's a huge part of basketball culture. Uh, I think Nick DePaul is going to be, um, you know, really significant with this. And I just think we, every single day, our, what our mandate is going to be is every day you're going to come to the vertical and um, you're going to learn, you're going to learn something. You're going to, we're going to be information and reporting based. And um, every day that's our goal is to, in lots of different forms of video, uh, podcasting. Chris Mannix will be podcasting, and obviously J.J. Reddick, who we announced this week, mm-hmm. um, is going to be really be the only the first active professional athlete uh, of his, you know, of a significant caliber to be doing a weekly podcast. He's going to do it all year long, and so Reddick is going to have, you know, teammates, coaches uh, in the wow. league, yeah. uh, friends on other teams. Uh, I'm sure Mike Krzyzewski will end up there <laughs> at some point before the Olympics. And so, uh, and, and he's, listen, he's a unique guy. He's on my podcast this week and th- there's no doubt he's going to be real impactful with this. He's very serious about it. Um, I, I just think it's going to be really uh, unique. And, and so we just want to tell stories in lots of different ways and, and feel like, you know, the basis of what we've done at Yahoo and how we've driven, built an audience and, the sensibilities we have about the kind of stories that people and fans and readers and an audience has an appetite for, we're going to build off that. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We want to cover the league as well, for, you know, from the inside out. Uh, Michael Lee has a piece running on our first day, spent two days behind the scenes uh, with, with a coaching, an NBA coaching staff, a Western conference coaching okay. staff and went to meetings and, um, was in practices and, and, and wrote a piece about, you know, a coach trying to build his culture and, um, and, and just th- that kind of access and uh, those kind of stories are, are going to be a staple for us. Well, that sounds tremendous. We could talk for another two hours about everything around the league, about the vertical, but I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're really busy, but Woj, just, you know this, I, there's nobody I respect more in, in, in journalism than you. Uh, there's nobody whose career I've admired more. Uh, nobody who's who's big scoops I await with more anticipation. So, and I, I feel like I've stolen you for 25 minutes from the league, and there's probably a couple scoops here that, that you've uh, bypassed while talking to me. So I do appreciate the time. Always appreciate seeing you. I'm sure we'll be seeing you soon. Uh, I mean, listen, the feelings uh, certainly likewise, Tim. I, I really admire how you do your job and, and uh, uh, your fearlessness. It's, uh, <laughs> I learn something every time I read you or, or listen to you. On the year, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun uh, jumping out with you, and, and I appreciate you letting me talk about the site a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the vertical. Uh, Adrian Wojnarski, uh, the Woj, 
Great to have you on. Thanks a lot. That we'll uh, we'll be hopefully talking to you soon, and we certainly will be listening and reading you. Thanks, man. I appreciate. It. I'll see you soon, sir. All right, everybody. That's Adrian Wojnarowski, the great Woj, uh, probably the most dominant sports writer in the world right now. Well, America at least the, the, of the world that I know. The NBA and the vertical watch. This is going to be a massive thing. Uh, he doesn't do things on any low scale. I know around the league that uh, people are are very, very much anticipating this, and nothing, nothing makes you uh, more alert when you know he's got he's working on something or he's calling people around. Uh, every executive or agent I talk to reads the Woj because he's the man. All right, everybody, that was a special Thursday edition of the TK Show. And you know what? Next week we're going to have many, many editions. Paul Bach and I are going to be heading over to Moscone Center for Super Bowl week. M- multiple shows a day is the thought. We'll see if this all comes through. Some big names hopefully uh, coming down the line just like we had today. NFL-related, though, next week. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll grab some other people. I know Paul's a big Coldplay fan, huge Coldplay fan, so... Um, he might be able to book me some cold. <laughs> He's like jumping up and down waiting for that press conference. So, all right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.